Welcome to The Back Porch, a safe space where we can wrestle with our faith and beliefs and real life. I feel like I usually have more questions than answers, and I think that's okay. I'm going to keep on asking my questions, and I'm trying to learn to rest in the hope that truth will eventually catch me. I'm Melinda, and this is my view of life and faith from The Back Porch. been doing some reading, well, trying to do some focused reading this week um, for Holy Week. And um, that's been good. I've been trying to take time each day and focus on kind of that liturgical calendar of what each day represents in the story leading up to the death and resurrection. And I've kind of been finding myself asking a lot of questions about the people that were surrounding Jesus. And you start the first day of Holy Week is Palm Sunday. And, or Holy Sunday, we we know that that's the day when Jesus comes into Jerusalem and he's humble, he's riding on a donkey or two donkeys, depending on which story you read. But the, the reaction of those around him are of praise and we celebrate that I've grown up celebrating Palm Sunday um, and it's a day where we talk about one that he came in triumphantly but also that he came in humbly on a, an animal that was not considered to be one of power and aggression or whatever like it wasn't a horse it was a donkey. And the people are responding to his coming with shouts of Hosanna or save us. I think, you know, in general, we know that the Hebrew people had been hearing they knew that they had been promised a Messiah, someone that would save them. And I, I think that for some, they did see Jesus as the Messiah. They may have missed this part about being God's son and that divine piece, but I'm not even sure, like, when I think about it, like, if that is their biggest hang-up. I think what they were waiting for was rescue, their situation was um, not great. They were um, under the rule and authority of the Romans who treated them harshly and 
overtaxed them and limited their movements and controlled their worship. And they wanted freedom. They wanted to be their own nation. They wanted to be their own people again. They wanted to make their own decisions. They wanted to have their own sovereignty. And so I think in a lot of ways, what they were hoping for was a Messiah who would give them political freedom. So how do you go from, my question is, how do you go from Sunday where they're ushering him in and announcing him as this person that they've been waiting for, that God promised, to Thursday and Friday where they're yelling, kill him. It just seems like a a really big jump. And so I'm like trying to get into their heads, which probably isn't as hard as it sounds. It says that he, as he rode in, he was, he had already been scaring and offending the religious leaders. And they're kind of like, hey, do you hear what they're saying? Like, you should stop them from saying that. And Jesus' famous reply is, if they don't shout it, then the rocks will cry out. In other words, it's not their words that make me who I am. I am who I am. And I think that offended them. Well, I don't think it. It says that they were offended. I think they were afraid. And then it talks about how during that week, then he would go to the temple every day and he would teach. And there were multiple times where they tried to trap him or get him to say things that showed that he was a phony because that they didn't believe that he was who he said he was. But I think they were also afraid that the people believed that he was who he said he was and that that would cause them to lose their power. And that as the week went on and they were unable to trap him, they kind of came to this conclusion, like, we don't have any choice but to get rid of him. I also think the more that Jesus taught, the more confused people got. <laughs> because he began to teach, as I'm reading some of the things that he was teaching, He was, he's talking about the impending destruction of Jerusalem that the people are going to be killed and that their enemy is going to come and tear everything down and do horrible things to the women and children and I think people are kind of like wait that's not that's not what we thought when we thought you were coming to save us we thought it would look like this And then he's talking about death, his own. He says things like, my own body's going to be 
destroyed and that he and then he says like like a kernel of wheat like it goes in the ground to die but through its death comes new life so one kernel goes in the ground and dies but many seeds then are grown and harvested so we get this image of you know life new life only comes after death which is this thing he's been modeling over and over and over but I just imagine that if you went from a place of our freedom is at hand like I can feel it this person is going to bring me freedom that would feel a certain way inside, like emotionally and the way that you visualize it. So for that freedom to be turned into a conversation of loss of freedom, death, laying down your own life, rights, privileges, I think maybe that's where the people got a little confused. It was, it must have been hard to understand because I do that all the time when I think that what it would look like for God to be sovereign in my life or to be my Messiah, my rescuer, it would look a certain way. And when he shows up and does something different that actually feels more like a loss of freedom because I I guess the message that he continues to communicate is true freedom comes after we deny our own desire for personal rights and freedom if we look at Philippians where it talks about that we should be like Christ humble the same way that Jesus was, it says something like the model that we're to follow is Jesus, that even though he was God, he did not see that equality with God as something to cling to. But instead he gave up he laid down his divine privileges and he left heaven and he came to earth as a human. And then it even says that after he's a human in his human form, he again humbled himself by being obedient to God's plan. So there's like two layers of self-denial. One is I'm giving up my right to being equal to God and I'm going to put myself in a position of inferiority I guess and then I'm going to surrender once I'm even in that position what I would want then and do what God wants but that because of that he is his full joy is experienced after the cross right
Holy Week is a week where we remember what Jesus did for us through his death and then the result of that when God raised him again that we also get new life but I just I feel like sometimes we jump right past the death part and we're just like yay Easter and part of what we have to reflect on as we walk through this week is where am I clinging to my rights and freedoms? Where, where are the things where I feel like I have earned this or I deserve this or this is just what I really worked for and wanted? Where are those places where we thought that the way to live like Jesus looked a certain way? And Jesus keeps saying, that's not what it looks like. Is that that turning point? Even Judas, like he's, he's a tough, I don't understand him. How, how would you be so close to someone and then betray him? But is it possible that in that, did he join Jesus because he thought it would look a certain way? Like, let's, I want to be part of that revolution. I want to be part of bringing freedom and rescuing the people. And, and then Jesus is like, um, by the way, it's going to require me to die. What if he was just like, yeah, I'm out. (laughs) How does a Messiah rescue people if the Messiah dies? And why are we wasting precious resources that could be used to purchase weapons (laughs) to anoint your feet and head? And Jesus says, for my burial, you know, when are we completely disillusioned? Because Jesus's ways are not our ways. It's his ways are so different than mine. Just some thoughts. (laughs) Because I want to celebrate on Sunday. I just don't want to skip the part that's really hard to do first. Die to myself in order to have the new life. What is the thing that God's asking me to let go of or the thing that I'm clinging to, afraid to let go of and let it 
die. Not for death's sake, but for life's sake, right? Because I do, I want the life on the other side of that death. So I'll sit with that question. And see what he's got to say about it. <laughs> One death at a time, right? Happy Holy Week. <laughs>